0: As we prepare our hearts and our minds to read God's word, we want to go and we want to ask the Lord to pour out God's grace upon us, that we might hear, we might know, that we might be touched in a powerful way. So let's pray together. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. That is, Lord, as we read your word, and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy, with amazing, great joy, what you have to say to us today. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Mark. In the 12th chapter, we begin at verse 28. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. Seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What were the first words that you said when you rolled out of bed this morning? You remember? Did, was it more of a sound, like a, a groan? Oh, oh. A few years ago, a radio station ran a contest. Disc jockeys invited their listeners to tune in to their their alarm clock radios to the station's And to, then when they woke up, to to share with the station what their first words were. And the third caller would win $106. The first morning, a disc jockey said, Caller number three, what did you say when you rolled out of bed this morning? A groggy voice said, Do I smell coffee brewing? We use k cup so I'd never get that coffee smell in the morning. That would be wonderful. Another said, a sleepy clerk worker said, oh, no, I'm late to work. It was a funny contest and drew lots of audience participation. One morning, the third caller said something unusual. The station phone rang, good morning, this is FM 106. You're on the air. What did you say when you first rolled out of bed this morning? A man replies, You want to know my first words this morning? The bubbly DJ says, Yes, sir, tell us what you said. The man responds, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Then there was a moment of silence. That seemed to drag on for quite a while. Apparently unsure how to respond, the DJ just said, sorry, wrong number, and cut to a commercial. But for the pious Jew, the first words every morning and the last words in the evening are always the same. They are the Shema, Deuteronomy 6.4. The Shema is the centerpiece of morning and evening prayer. Shema in Hebrew means hear. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words were first spoken by Moses, but then he said, Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down, and when you rise. In our gospel lesson this morning, Mark tells us that one of the scribes asked Jesus, What commandment is first? Of all. The scribe asks a great, great question, maybe the greatest question that Jesus was ever asked. The scribe is referring to, of course, the first five books of, of the Hebrew scriptures, the law. And, and in those first five books, there are 613 commandments. And he's asking which one? is the greatest. And Jesus' answer astounds the listeners. He says, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And then Jesus uh, adds a second part as well, doesn't he? The second is this, he says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. When Jesus answers, he condenses all of the law and the commandments and the teaching of the prophets down to just one word. That word is love. Love God, love your neighbor. But what does it mean to love? This question is the one that we have been exploring through the series Love Gives. What does it mean to love? First, John tells us that God is the source of our love. God is the initiator of the relationship between us and God. And John says we love because God first Loved us. The Greek word that is translated here for love in these verses and in the reading from Mark's gospel is agape. God is agape, love. Agape is one of four words in Greek that are translated in the English, in our English Bibles, as love. And that kind of makes it confusing, because love is this and love is that. All the all are translated as English, uh, in English as love. But agape is not emotional or romantic love. Agape is not brotherly or sisterly love. That is dependent upon a, a mutually beneficial relationship, as in you know, you scratch my back and. I'll scratch yours. No, agape is committed love. Agape is the love that is committed to the well-being of another, regardless of how that other person responds. You see, this is the way that God loves you and me in the world. This is the way, in the truth, in the life that God is calling you and me to live out in our lives. Loving this way is not for the faint of heart, but it is the essential calling of Christians and of Jesus' church. Loving this way is risky because the world doesn't love this way. Loving this way changes us. It changes the nature of the church and it points the whole world to the reign of God. But let's be honest, it can sometimes be difficult to believe that God loves you. That God loves me. You and I know ourselves so very well especially the ways that we fall so short of the ways that God wants us to live our lives in this world. We may even wonder if God has given up on us. Why do I keep making that same mistake over and over and over again? Lord, have you given up on me? At other times, though, it can be extremely difficult to believe that God loves that other person. You know, that other person that disagrees with you. That, that other person who makes life difficult or even far worse. But through Jesus, through his life and his death and his resurrection, we see the heart of God. If we want to know what God is like, we turn to Jesus. We look at Jesus because Jesus is the face of God. We see that Jesus did not just know the right words to say, but he lived them out loud. He showed us that believing and faithful living are the very same thing. He not only loved God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, but he lived out that love in in the world that we all might see what it means to love with a committed love for our neighbors. Jesus embodied compassion by his actions and his teaching. He healed the sick and touched the untouchable. He embraced those others turned away. He spoke on behalf of those who had no voice. He taught serving in humility. He taught loving one's enemies. He stood up to those who put following rules above mercy and compassion. His entire life was given in love. And of course, it didn't end with just the way that he lived. In death, he gave himself up for the world in love. He went to the cross because he could only be who he was. God, you see, is love, agape, committed love. He stretched out his arms in love for you and for me and for the world and allowed himself to be nailed to a cross. He left no doubt about what God is like, and how God loves. And how God is calling the church of Jesus to be and how we're being called to do in this world. You see, Christians are called to more, to, to more than just warm feelings for one another. Followers of Jesus are called to love, to seek out people who are hurting and, and to minister to them. Jesus is simply telling us that to love others with the same love that we love ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself, he said. That is, we are to place others in, in such a position that we are constantly looking out for their best interest, their welfare, their best good. Now, this calling wasn't new with Jesus. It wasn't. It was the foundational call upon the nation of Israel, which began with God's promise to Abraham and Abraham's grace-filled, faithful response. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, we hear this call of Abraham The Lord says to him, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow, what a call that is. That in one man and one woman, that all the families of the world would be blessed this calling to bless others also is the calling of christ's church as well maybe different words are used but it's the calling that god has placed on my life and on your life as well and when jesus responds to the scribe's question the scribe responds with delight he affirms jesus confession of the one true god The scribe affirms the the comprehensive love, the devotion, the worship of our God, that our God is worthy to receive. That's why we're here. Our God is worthy of all our devotion and all of our love. He even adds an insight that draws the praise of Jesus. He says, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him, there is no other. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, this is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. The scribe is correct, isn't he? Religious rituals Always must give way to the superiority of a right relationship with God and our neighbor. Indeed, rituals have no real meaning unless they are expressions of our love of God and the love of our neighbor. Jesus was pleased with the scribe's answer, and he told the man, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But what did Jesus mean by this? Let me tell you, it wasn't, you're close, you just got to try a little harder. It wasn't that. Rather that the man had come to see that entering the kingdom of God is a matter of heart devotion and a life of love. When our actions come from the heart, through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, they are a participation in the kingdom of God. And when we seek to do good out of our love for God and by the grace of God, because God is so very good, when we then become we then become capable by the grace of God of loving our neighbor. A Christian's primary ministry is not to learn rules, to memorize even passages, or to even attend worship, or to sing hymns. Those these express our desire to learn more about the God that we we love. They're important in that way. They're very important. But a Christian's primary ministry is simply to love. To love God. To love Jesus. To love the Holy Spirit. To love each other and to love the world by the grace of God. And boy, does God know we need help with that. We need God's grace, don't we? Amen? Amen. We need God's grace. We are so very dependent upon God's grace. Today, you and I, we have come to celebrate love, God's goodness and love, God's love not just for us but for the whole world, and God's calling and God's grace on our lives. As we seek to live from the heart, and as we seek to be who we were created to be. You see, sisters and brothers, we were made to be the loving hands and feet of God and of Jesus in this world. This is the kind of love that Jesus advocates. This is the kind of love that Jesus knows will change us and will change the world. Praise be to God. Amen. And so, as we prepare to celebrate with the giving of and the bringing forward of our 2020 commitments, let us still remember that this is more than a ritual. This is an expression of our love for God and our love for our neighbor. Let it be, as you come forward, let it be done in love. Let it be done in love. Because otherwise, it's empty. Let us pray. Lord God, as we prepare to come, Lord, we just ask that you would receive not just these cards, but Lord, that you would receive our love for you and for our neighbor. That Lord, you would would take these and that you would mold them and you would expand them and you would use them in a powerful way to change us and to change our world. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, as Tammy plays, I invite you to come forward, and these baskets are open uh, to bring your 2022 uh, commitment. 2022 commitment, yes. Thank you.